0: Morning, Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our service this morning, this bright, sunny morning. Whether you're here in church with us or at home looking in on livestream, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure this morning to welcome to our pulpit the Reverend Dr. Donald Watts. Dr. Watts has been with us several times during our vacancy, and he's back this morning, and indeed will be back again next Sunday. So, Dr. Watts, you are very, very welcome. Thank you for coming to lead our service. And, of course, he's brought his best supporter this morning, his wife, Fiona. So, Fiona, you too are very, very welcome. Thank you for coming to join us in our worship. Now, as you know, today is Toy Sunday, and the toys that you are donating are for the Vine community of North Belfast and will be distributed there. So you can see lots of them around the tree at the moment. So our thanks are extended to everyone who's made a donation. Thank you so much. With regard to our vacancy, you know by now that the installation of the Reverend Shaw is on the 8th of January. But this morning, Pat and Kim have been in the porch because we need some guidance on numbers. COVID, as you know, is raising its head again quite badly. So we need guidance on numbers, both for the service and for the reception afterwards. So if you're approached, give them your best response, please. They will be here for more than one Sunday, so you can do that again next Sunday or the following Sunday. Last week I announced that we would had an inspection of our premises by fire safety solutions. We do need, amongst the recommendations, a fire warden. If you can help in that respect, please speak to George Leggett. George can give you more information. We will provide training and we, the church will pay for that training. But They have suggested it's an absolute essential. So if you feel you can help in that realm whatsoever, have a word with George, please. Youth Fellowship, you will have seen them in the vestibule this morning. They have been very busy. They've been making cards. And what they're trying to do is raise some money for the Simon community. So if you can take some of their cards and make a donation to them, they would be very grateful. Tomorrow night, PW Circle of Friends are having... Their Christmas extravaganza almost I should say with readings and carols we do need some help this morning to move some furniture to accommodate them tomorrow night so at the end of the service if you can spend five minutes ten minutes maybe moving some furniture and setting up for them tomorrow night they would greatly appreciate that the church weekend as you know by now is the fourth to sixth of March if you wish to go on that have a word with Laura Henry or Linda McKnight Now, gentlemen, Men's Fellowship for December has been cancelled. It's cancelled because of how COVID has been developing, and we apologise for that. The January one would be due on the same day as Reverend Shaw's installation. So we're not going to have that either. So the next Men's Fellowship will be on Saturday, the 12th of February. Finally, a few weeks ago, I spoke to you about... The microphone difficulty that we had for the minister and how it was intermittent we bought a new one and we said that some of the proceeds from the soup lunch would go towards that but i am pleased thrilled to tell you that since then a member of the congregation approached me and said look billy i'm happy to pay for this microphone and this morning i received a check that covers the full extent of that cost so I'm saying a thank you to a member of our congregation who wishes to remain anonymous for such a generous donation. Thank you so much indeed. And the last thing I want to say, you'll be pleased to hear, is at the end of the service this morning, after Dr. Watts pronounces the benediction, if you would take your seats, because Isabel Walker, our treasurer, wants to say something about United Appeal. That's all from me. Dr. Watts, my pleasure, my privilege to invite you.
1: Thanks very much, Billy. It's
2: lovely to be back on such a, a nice day. It was actually Easter was the last time I was, I was
3: here.
2: Uh, so it's been a while, but it's nice to see you all again, to see you here in the church, and also to be aware uh, of those who are joining online. Wherever you are, we come to worship God at this very special time of the year, the time we call Advent, the time, as your banners remind us, of love and joy and peace and hope and all the things that Jesus brought to our world and shares with us today. And so we light
1: the second of the Advent calendars for this second Sunday in Advent. prophet Isaiah said, a day day is coming when people will sing,
2: give thanks to the Lord, call for him to help you. Tell all the nations what he has done. Tell them how great he is. Sing to the Lord because of the great things he has done.
1: Let the whole world hear the news. The news of Christ's coming. And so
2: we sing. We sing of the great things that God has done for us. The hymn is number 324. It came upon the midnight clear. Perhaps this year we should think especially of the third verse. Those whose journey now is hard, whose hope is running low, who tread the rocky paths of life with painful steps and slow. Oh, listen to the
1: news of love which makes the heavens ring. Let's sing together. Let us join together in prayer. Loving God, at this Advent time, we
2: wait on you. We rejoice in the news of your coming. We know that everything happens in your time. The sun rises in the morning, the moon in the evening. The tides rise and fall. The seasons come in their order. The rainbow reminds us that rains will cease. In all of nature, there's a pattern. And it reminds us that you love us, that you have planned all things.
1: And all that you plan is good. But it is the unexpected events that disturb us. The uncharacteristic burst of anger from a loved one. The illness that came without warning. The uncertainties of a pandemic. Help us,
2: Lord God, to remain confident in you. Confident that you still reach out to meet our needs and have the power to overcome
1: all the forces we fear may overwhelm us. Forgive us, Lord, that we have not put our whole trust in you.
2: We have acknowledged that you are a great God, but too often have kept something back, imagining that we can sort things out for ourselves.
1: We know that we fail. And as we prepare this year for Jesus' coming,
2: remind us that he held nothing back that he emptied
1: himself of all but love and died for all on the cross. In his sacrifice,
2: we are offered forgiveness when we confess our sin.
1: And so we confess to you now. May we accept the forgiveness he offers and then
2: prepare for fullness of life. May your Spirit encourage us
1: to find Jesus near at this Advent time and to place our hope in him. This we ask in the name of the one who taught us to say, Our
2: Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
1: Advent is a time for preparation. The prophet Isaiah called the people
2: of his time to prepare for the coming of the Lord, the Messiah, who was expected and for whom they waited.
1: Pat Woods is going to read from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 5. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak
4: tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the desert prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of
1: the Lord has spoken. Amen. Thanks very much, Pat. Boys and girls, it's nice to see you around the place. I see some of you downstairs, a few more upstairs.
2: I'm just wondering, when the first Christmas tree went up in Valley Crocken this year, how many of you have Christmas trees up in your house?
1: Yeah, quite a few. Did any go up last weekend? Two. One, two, two. Three. Any before last weekend? Yeah, before last weekend. Oh, you're good.
2: You were right back into November then. So, it's nice to get them up. I love Christmas trees. They're nice and bright. All the lights, that makes a, a difference this time of year when it's often so dark. It's nice and bright this morning, but usually it's a dark kind of time of year. And we like all the brightness of the Christmas trees. That's a nice one there, whoever. Decorated that one's done a good job. And it's nice to see all the presents around it because that's what we do at this time of year. We have our bright lights, our Christmas trees, our presents, and all the excitement of learning carols and going out to sing carols. Everything that reminds us that this is Christmas. I wonder if many of you watch your mum or your dad decorate the Christmas tree. Usually the first problem is getting it into the house if you've got a real one. Getting it in without messing the whole place up with all the the needles falling off. But, But once you've got it in, you get it positioned.
1: And then the first thing that comes out usually are these. Lights. Now there's one thing you can be sure about Christmas tree lights.
2: Well, there are several things. But the first is that unless you've been very, very careful putting them away, they're going to be all tangled up. And so you have to get out and start and untangle them all. That wasn't too bad. But you have to get them all untangled, usually with a big, long line of Christmas tree lights. You have to spread them halfway around the room to try to get them just straightened out so that you can put them up on the tree. And then the next thing that goes wrong is that you turn them on. These ones have a wee battery.
1: So I'll turn it on. And guess what? Nothing happens. How often have you taken out Christmas tree lights and
2: nothing happens? They're not all batteries, of course. Many of them, most of them, are plugged in. And then you have to scramble around. It used to be, you wouldn't remember this, boys and girls. Maybe even your dads don't remember it. It used to be that you then checked every bulb the whole way down the line to see which bulb had gone. You can't do that anymore, thankfully. But you still have to get them working. And so maybe it's a fuse that's gone. In this case, it's very simple there are no batteries. And that's the thing at Christmas as well. The number of toys that are given without batteries. And then you have to scramble around getting the batteries so that the thing works. And the lights light up. A day like this, you don't see them very clearly. But they're all lit up. And we can put them on the Christmas tree. It's a big problem getting ready for Christmas, isn't it? Do you reckon How many of you like getting ready for Christmas? Boys and girls, I'm asking, not the parents. How many of you
1: really like it? Yeah, of course you do. How many of you don't like getting ready for Christmas? No.
2: Everybody likes getting ready for Christmas, getting everything prepared. And it's not just the Christmas tree. There's so many other things to do. You have to write Christmas cards, buy presents. Learn carols, do all these kind of things. You're going to sit down there saying, When did he ever write a Christmas card? But anyway, you can do these things in your mind, even if it never actually happens. So we're so busy getting
1: prepared, being ready. But what are we ready for? The tragedy is that sometimes we're so busy getting ready
2: we forget what Christmas is all about because it's not really all about
1: lights and presents and singing carols. What is Christmas about? What are we remembering at Christmas time? Is it somebody's birthday? Whose birthday might it be? Anybody want to tell me? Somebody say me. (laughs) Some people do have.
2: We go to church in Ballygraney and every Christmas the minister's birthday is on Christmas
1: Day. So, somebody else does, obviously. But the birthday we're really thinking about is the birthday of Jesus.
2: Jesus' birthday. All about Jesus coming into the world to show us how much God loves us, who cares for us,
1: Jesus didn't have to come. The world didn't really want him to come. In fact, it put him to death. And he died to set us free and offers us new life.
2: So it's important that we take time not just to get the lights working and to get everything prepared for our Christmas, it's important that we take time to remember what it's all about. And it's all about Jesus coming to care for us, coming to die for us, coming to love us. And that's the
1: real preparation we need to do for Christmas. Let's say a little prayer together. Loving Jesus, we thank you that you came. We thank
2: you that you love us. We thank you that we can trust in you.
1: Help us to put all our faith in you and to know that your care will never fail us. Amen. We're going to sing another hymn that reminds us of Jesus' coming. It's number
2: 413. Make way, make way. And whenever we come to the chorus, there's a kind of an echo in the chorus. It's make way, make way, make way, make way for Christ the King. So the men sing the first, make way. Then the women come in with the echo, make way. That's the men and the boys, the women and the girls. And then at the last line, uh, and let his kingdom come. We all sing that together, loudly, confidently. We let his kingdom come.
1: So let's try it. Make way. Make way. The message of Isaiah, the message
2: of preparation is taken up in the New Testament and the Gospels by John the Baptist. And so Karen Woods is now going to come
1: and read from Luke chapter 3, verses 3 to 18. Um, he, that
4: is John, went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. John answered, the man with two tunics should share with him who has none, and the one who has food should do the same. Tax collectors also came to be baptised. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Christ. John answered them all, I baptise you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and preached the good news
1: to them. Amen. Thanks very much, Karen. We join now in our prayers of thanksgiving and intercession. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you for this lovely day a day of rest, a day when we can reflect and
2: prepare for your coming. We thank you that when the time was right, you sent your Son to earth to live and to die, that we might be set free from sin and death. We thank you for the faithful message of the prophets like Isaiah, who waited patiently and called people to wait for the coming of the one you were to send. And then for those like John the Baptist who recognized Jesus when he came. We thank you for those who in our lives have pointed us towards your Son. Those who continue to proclaim his message with clarity and relevance. Prepare us, we pray, to meet with him. And at this special
1: time of year, May we set aside some time to be close to Him. We pray for our community as we travel through these dark and challenging
2: days of COVID. We think of those
1: who are afraid, perhaps feeling very alone. May you be close to them. We pray for those who are ill, whether for, from COVID or from other reasons. May you bring your healing and your love to surround them. And for those who have suffered bereavement, may your comfort bring them hope. We pray
2: that your Spirit may surround all of us, and especially those
1: who are vulnerable with your love. We pray for those who are tasked with planning for our safety. We ask for your wisdom for leaders in governments,
2: for leaders in research, in the health services, in the care
1: services, or for those who have responsibility in the wider community. As your Spirit
2: gives insight and wisdom to all, may those who make vital decisions be prepared to listen
1: for your voice so that they may do what is best for our well-being. Lord God, we know that the challenge of
2: COVID simply adds to the many challenges
1: faced by those in the world who have little, those who are most vulnerable. We pray for those in our own society who are uncertain now about their jobs, or those whose families have become fractured, those who have no home to go to, As we prepare to celebrate, may we not forget those who feel left out, who have nothing that they can celebrate, and no one but you to turn to. And Lord, we recognize that elsewhere in the world, poverty
2: and hunger are so much more acute may your Spirit remind us of the responsibility we have for all your children. And as we learn of increasing cases of COVID among the most poverty-stricken nations,
1: may those of us who have plenty think of them and respond to them. We pray for your church at this time of restlessness and uncertainty. May we see that you still lead us
2: and are providing an opportunity for us to reassess what you are calling us to do and to be in the world. May we do so gladly, focusing always on Jesus
1: the one whom you have sent for all the world. Prepare us for his coming this year, we pray. May we wait with expectancy and hope. In his name, amen. We join to sing a hymn which is again a, a Christmas hymn, number three, two, three.
2: Is one which, uh, perhaps this morning, isn't quite as relevant as we might sometimes think it is. But the last verse is always relevant. What shall we give Him? Give our hearts in the bleak midwinter. Mm-hmm.
1: Let us pray. Lord, as we reflect on your coming, enable
2: us to see what you are asking of us, and may
1: we respond gladly. Amen. So Advent, a time of preparation, a busy time, a time of expectation.
2: But so often in all the busyness and the tensions of this time of year, we can easily close out the real message. I remember one Christmas many years ago, meeting in the street, an older minister, not older than I was. He wasn't particularly old. But he was old enough to become a bit cynical. And so he said, So are you ready yet for the great anticlimax?
1: Not something perhaps a minister ought to be saying. But that's how he felt. We're so busy. But busy being busy. What was it all about? What really were we preparing for? Preparation is important, but it has to be the right preparation. John the Baptist was the one sent to prepare people for the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Christ, Jesus. And in doing so,
2: he went back to the prophet Isaiah and he repeated the words that Isaiah had said to the people many centuries before. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough way smooth. The people of the time who lived in a very rugged, barren land were used to the idea that when someone special was coming, there had to be much preparation. The roads had to be sorted out, the potholes filled in. And even in Isaiah's vision, hills and valleys would be moved so that the coming of the important person could
1: be without any danger, without any discomfort. There's always the danger that as we prepare for Christmas, the preparation Becomes more important than the event. We take time to prepare, but
2: not to allow the message of Jesus, the presence of
1: Jesus, to enter easily into our lives and into our world. Do our Christmas decorations really prepare for his coming?
2: Or do they simply make us feel good? Do they surround us with a warm, cozy feel of Christmas, of the lights, of the, the smells of Christmas, of the music of
1: Christmas? Oh, it, it's wonderful. We all enjoy it. But through it all, does Christ creep in? Or do we close Him out? perhaps, The circumstances
2: in which we celebrate again this year will give us a little more time to step aside
1: from the routine, to step aside from all the hectic busyness and prepare to meet the one, not who is to come, but the one who has come
2: into our world. And into our lives. Allowing him
1: to enter and to make a difference to us. Take time this Advent. To allow the true Christ to enter in. Use the time wisely. You can't rush around quite so often as you used to. Use that time
2: to reflect, to read, to pray. It's amazing what a little time with
1: Jesus can do for us. Prepare the way, said John. Prepare. But John also knew that if the people were
2: really to be prepared, they would have to change. There was a demand to change the way they lived. In some cases, a radical demand. Repent was John's great word. Turn around. Change direction. Turn your life around. Now, there were many in the crowd who didn't see any reason why they should change at all. They were quite religious people. They were faithful Israelites, descendants of Abraham. Surely they were all right. They genuinely tried to keep the law. They were faithful in their attendance at the synagogue and then from time to time up in the temple.
1: They brought their sacrifices. What more could possibly be demanded of them? The problem was that for all their devotion
2: to God's way in the synagogue and the temple, it wasn't the way they
1: lived each day. They didn't take it out of the temple into their everyday lives.
2: And so as they came to be baptized by John, as they, they asked John, well, what ways do I need to change? He was quite
1: specific. If you have two shirts, give one of them away. If you have food, share it. When the tax collectors came, he just said, well, look, be honest in what you're doing. When soldiers came, he told them to act Barely. You see, John was talking to a people. And on the whole, they
2: weren't really bad people. They were just complacent people. They thought they knew it all. They thought they had it all sewn up. In the tradition of Israel, they were safe. They were secure. They had been taught their religious observance and they tried their best to keep the law Observe the feasts. Do all that was expected of them. No, said John, that's not enough. That's not what God is calling you to do. If you're truly in a relationship with God, it affects the way you live in the world, the way you relate to other people, and especially the way you care for those who have so much less than you do. If you're really waiting patiently for the Messiah, your lives must reflect what God is teaching. Your relationship with others must change. Your care for them must be secure.
1: And that will show the true nature of your faith. Isn't that a challenge for us as we prepare for the coming of Jesus? There have been many changes in our lives over the last 18 months or so. One of them, I think, is both positive but dangerous. We have been taught over and over again
2: how to protect ourselves. And it's important that we do it. It's important that we know it.
1: So we Withdraw a little. We keep our distance. We self-isolate when we have to. We use our vaccines. And all of that
2: is very important because it not only protects us, but it protects other people around us.
1: But does it mean that we forget sometimes that there are other
2: people out there who do not have the advantages that we do.
1: And they become invisible to us. Who could not have been shocked, haunted, by the photograph that was shown several times on their screens during the week of the little six
2: year old cheerful boy, Arthur? Cheery little
1: chappy, big smile on his face, looking as if life was wonderful, but it wasn't. He was neglected, he was abused, he was starved. Did anybody notice? Some did. Now, of course, Arthur's far away from us, but The haunting bit is,
2: are there others nearer to home? And not only children. Are there people who are simply being
1: forgotten in all that's going on around us? And of course, if that's true in our society, what about the world? I saw some horrifying statistics somewhere. In the lower-income
2: countries, 3% of people have been
1: vaccinated. In the richer countries, 67% have been vaccinated. Okay, there are issues of hiccup and all of that. But 3%, 67%, is that what God is calling us to? I doubt it. God is a God of fairness and of love.
2: And he's saying to us, surely, at this Advent time,
1: you've got to change. You've got to repent. You've got to turn around. This is not good enough. So if we prepare for his coming, we must also accept that it's a challenge. Challenge. To change. John got a response to his preaching. Perhaps a more positive response than he expected. But it wasn't one he relished. Because the response (coughs) of many of the people was, so maybe you're the Messiah. Maybe you're the Christ. And John had to say very firmly, no, no, no. There's someone coming so much greater than I am. I'm not good enough even to untie his sandals. Later in the Gospel, we read how John said to his disciples, He, that's Jesus, must increase. I must decrease. If only we would keep that firmly in our minds. That as we seek to do the will of God, we are always keeping at the very center of everything we do, a vision of the One
2: who came, whose life was purely love, whose life was purely love, to care for other people,
1: and then to give himself for the world. I hear many people today concerned about the future of the church. What's it going to be like post-COVID? Well, it's certainly
2: true that the patterns of our lives and our worship have been broken, and not everything can or perhaps should be restored
1: but surely advent gives us an answer to what life will be like it will be strong within the church the more we focus on jesus the more we recognize the one who came and who loves his world. Unlike John, we are not pointing towards his someone yet to be.
2: We are pointing to someone who has completed his ministry in his death and resurrection, but by his Spirit continues with us still
1: to lead us and guide us and direct us. We must be sure as John was sure, that we point not to ourselves or what we find as a cozy tradition, but to Him. Many years ago as a student, I came across a little book of prayers, poems really,
2: which has gone with me right throughout my life really, by a French priest, Michel Coist. In one of them, he talks about the struggle of giving ourselves to Jesus.
1: He says, I am afraid of saying yes, Lord, where will you take me? I'm afraid
2: to say yes, Lord. I'm afraid of putting my hand in yours, for you hold on to it. I'm afraid of meeting your eyes, for you can win me. I'm afraid of your
1: demands, for you're a jealous God. I'm captured, yet I struggle. And I fight,
2: knowing I am defeated. For you are stronger, Lord. You own the world
1: and you take it from me. I am afraid of your demands. But who can resist you?
2: That your kingdom may come and not mine. That your will may be
1: done and not mine. Help me, Lord say yes. May we say
2: yes to the coming of Jesus at this Advent time.
1: May we prepare ourselves for his coming. May we allow our lives to change. And may we focus each day on him. Let us pray. Lord, in quietness and stillness, may we prepare for your coming.
2: May we listen for your voice as we read your word.
1: May we open our hearts as we pray to you. And where you demand changes of us,
2: Enable us to change, we pray, by your Spirit and
1: your strength, that we may reach out to the world in love and compassion, as Jesus did. Amen. Our final praise is Come, O long expected
2: Jesus, born. To set your people free.
1: the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and through this Advent season. Amen.